This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, October 28, 2021 on KUAF, a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. I'm Kyle Kellums. We have another rainy day today. And ahead on our hour, food. The nomination period for the Arkansas Food Hall of Fame and for awards honoring chefs, restaurants, and food festivals in Arkansas ends Sunday. Before then, we're going to whet your appetite. I had Mamaw Jaco biscuits. My wife is from Helena, and her grandmother from Helena made these wonderful biscuits that are now part of our family tradition. I used War Eagle flour. Plus the roster of live music for Halloween weekend with Ozarks at Large's Timothy Dennis. There are 19 more deaths attributed to COVID-19 in Arkansas. The latest numbers from the Arkansas Department of Health list a total of 8,325 virus deaths in Arkansas since the start of the pandemic. Active cases increased by 26 in the last 24 hours, while hospitalizations dropped by 14 patients to 366 during the same time frame. Arkansas is suing a Virginia company, which the state allegedly paid $10 million to for medical equipment that was never delivered. Attorney General Leslie Rutledge announced the lawsuit yesterday, saying the supplies were bought at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic for the University of Arkansas for medical sciences. DFNA believed they had purchased 2.5 million gowns and 500 ventilators and 1 million face shields. However, the company, Medicare Health Link, did not provide those. We didn't have access to that healthcare equipment here in Arkansas, and the brokers and the agents for that company, all of that money, over $10 million, had already been spent and has yet to be returned to the state of Arkansas. Attorney General Rutledge says the company has given various excuses for not being able to repay the money. A finance official for UAMS says it is not standard practice to pay for supplies before they are delivered. But at the start of the pandemic, when personal protective equipment was in short supply, many vendors were requiring upfront payments to make sure healthcare facilities had the cash on hand. A message seeking comment from the company has not been returned. Talk Business and Politics reports traffic is up at Fort Smith Regional Airport after more than a year of dealing with the pandemic. Enplainments, that's people boarding flights at the airport, up from January to September 2021 by more than 18 percent compared to the first nine months of 2020. Before the virus, the airport had recorded four consecutive years of increases in traffic. Meanwhile, the first plane leaving Northwest Arkansas National Airport on a new route will leave XNA midday Monday. Frontier Airlines is adding a route to Orlando that begins at 11.58 Monday morning. Governor Asa Hutchinson is ordering flags to be flown at half-staff in tribute to two longtime members of the Arkansas legislature. Former State Representative Carolyn Pollan of Fort Smith died this weekend, and former State Senator Bobby Glover died yesterday. Representative Pollan served in the State House for almost 25 years. Senator Glover served in both the House and Senate in Little Rock. Flags are to remain at half-staff until sunset, the day of internment. Arkansas's 4th District Congressman Bruce Westerman says it's great to have a piece of his district on display in the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. Yesterday, the museum unveiled the 8,000-pound Burns Quartz that was unearthed in the Coleman Mines in Arkansas's Washita Mountains in 2016. The quartz is the largest ever to be put on public display. Congressman Westerman spoke at yesterday's unveiling. The Arkansas volleyball team, now 15-6 and six this year and 6-4 and four in the SEC, after a straight-set sweep of Missouri and Fayetteville last night. The match marked the first victory over the Tigers for the Razorbacks since 2012. Arkansas will next play November 6th and 7th against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. And the number four Arkansas Razorback soccer team wraps up the regular season tonight at LSU. Arkansas has already won the regular season SEC title and has 14 straight wins. And a correction from yesterday's show. On that program, I called people from the country Afghanistan Afghanis. That was in yesterday's story about MTB Afghanistan. That's actually the currency in the country. Natives and residents of the country are Afghans. I apologize for the error and always genuinely appreciate hearing about those errors.
This is Ozarks at Large. Yesterday, the Northwest Arkansas Council hosted the annual State of the Region meeting. The report addresses how Northwest Arkansas is doing when it comes to important sectors like housing and employment, and how the region is measuring up against peer regions like Austin, Texas and Des Moines, Iowa. There's plenty to discuss. And as our show was developing today, we found out not much time for us to explore all that was said yesterday. Most of that will be in editions of Ozarks at Large next week. But we do have just enough time to hear part of an overview that was delivered yesterday by Mervyn Jeberaj, director of the Center for Business and Economic Research at the University of Arkansas. In terms of, you know, other very strong positives here, you know, we grew the number of businesses uh, even in the midst of the pandemic uh, by around uh, close to 400 businesses in northwest Arkansas. And we've grown about 1,800 or so businesses in the last five years since about 2015. Um, and the other thing that I do want to point out, and this will come up uh, as we talk about this later, uh, is that the average worker in North Arkansas saw an increase of about $2,900 in average annual wages. That's a 6% increase, which is a very uh, strong uh, increase in annual wages, uh, at a level that we have not seen in a very long time. Mervyn Jeberaj, director of the Center for Business and Economic Research at the Sam Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. Yesterday, at the annual State of the Region session that's hosted by the Northwest Arkansas Council. Much more about housing, affordable housing, workforce, and other topics discussed yesterday, and we will spend time with the State of the Region more on Ozarks at Large shows airing next week on KUAF. Arkansas Senior Health Insurance Information Program offers free, confidential, unbiased advice for those receiving or about to receive Medicare and the Part D drug plan. Open enrollment runs through December 7th. ARSHIP can help individuals make the correct decision about their health care needs, including the Part D drug plan. Help and information is available at 1-800-224-6330. That's one 800 2246330 Support for KUAF comes from La Jolla Agency presenting Beatles versus Stones a musical showdown Wednesday November 10th at the Majestic Fort Smith Beatles and Rolling Stones National Touring Tribute Bands will perform sets and the audience will pick their favorite from their performances Advance tickets are available at majesticfortsmith.com This is Ozarks at Large this week Broadway came back to the Walton Arts Center stage after a pandemic-created hiatus that began in winter 2020. Come From Away is a musical that seems just right for right now, a story of creating community in the wake of tragedy. To learn more about the national tour, we called cast member Harder Klingman, who is Officer Oz Fudge in Come From Away. He helps us set the stage for the production which begins hours after the terrorist attacks of 9-11. When 7,000 people were diverted to Gander, Newfoundland, as the American airspace shut down. And so this community of 9,000 people nearly doubled in size, and they fed and they clothed and they entertained people from all over the globe for five days after the fact. And that's ultimately what the show is about. It doesn't necessarily focus on the tragedy of Tuesday, September 11th. It uh, moves forward into the response to tragedy and how this community built lifelong relationships uh, in the days afterwards. And uh, that uh, alone uh, is obviously very uplifting. So the, um, we, we take the good with the bad uh, every single night. And I feel like that balance, of course, gets us through. We really believe in the story that we're telling. So... Um, uh, it never gets old, I have to say. As you mentioned, it's based on a true story, the aftermath of 9-11. It feels as though it resonates with now as well as we try to navigate and figure out our way out of what has been a very emotionally draining 19 or 20 months. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we've been in this extended period of of grief and and uh, sometimes hopelessness and uh, lack of purpose and waiting and, and sort of in limbo for many of us for for, for people who have been uh, unlucky enough to be out of work for all of this time. So of course, getting back to work is is an amazing feeling in itself. 
but um, we're all changed people. And I think the audiences are all going to come in with their own sense of, of uh, obviously experience that they've had over the last year and a half. And they're going to see things from a fresh perspective in the show um, as, as we are. Uh, we are all different people, and we're trying to give give each other, um, I, I guess, that level of of grace when it comes to uh, uh, what we've experienced and the, the trauma that we've all um, kind of sat in for for months on end. Um, so here we are. We're very very glad to be uh, um, telling a story that is uh, uh, celebrating joy. At the risk of stretching a metaphor way too thin, there is mm-hmm. there is something here. You're a community, you and your colleagues, the, the your fellow actors and, and, and the crew. We come into the venue, and there is something about being together for two hours, a little bit like the characters that we meet on stage. We're two communities that come together and hopefully bond for 120 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I've always liked that uh, that sentiment. Of course, that that uh, theater in itself. You know, why we even go to the movie theater, but especially in live theater, we have an opportunity to um, to commune, uh, to uh, uh, to connect, to really feel the presence of both the people on stage and off. And uh, let me tell you, at, at this point, to be um, feeling. Uh, both laughter and and grief and sadness and and uh, 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 sort of pure emotion uh, from both audience and uh, uh, ourselves. It, it's a really magical thing, um, and it's kind of surreal, actually. I mean, after all of this time, to be uh, garnering applause and to be and to really. Um, uh, feel the presence of, of people uh, in the same room together. Um, that can kind of feel novel at a time like this. Here you are, you're, you, like you said, we're, we're back. We're seeing performances. You're, you're working in, yeah. in something you're passionate about. But it is a national tour, which means for some stretch, you're away from loved ones or pets or whatever. Is, yeah. I mean, so it's a, it's a good news, not necessarily bad news, but it's, I'm sure that's, yeah. that's a bit melancholy at times. It is. I would say that the um, the unique uh, environment of of the tour that we are on and uh, the precedent that has been set up. Of course, we have we have spouses and partners and and loved ones who are uh, working in their own lives and 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 achieving their own goals. So so sometimes we are apart from them. Uh, my wife happens to also be uh, an actor, and we both live in Chicago, so she is back home working on a production of Cinderella at the Paramount Theater right now. So we're dealing with that separation. However, um, uh, we travel with a number of dogs in our company. We have something like seven or eight uh, traveling dogs. Many of us drive the tour. I have driven the tour since the beginning. I I think I've uh, barely taken uh, a, a break from being literally on the road. And Charlie, my dog, uh, travels with me from place to place. We we experience new cities that way, and every city in between, in a way. We also like to hike. Uh, we do that as a company. We have movie nights occasionally. We we play poker. We we uh, uh, engage with cities with their coffee shops and and restaurants when we can. And of course, that's that can be tricky to navigate at this time, but it's getting easier all the time as well. So we we really enjoy being a mobile family unit uh, on this tour. Harder Klingman is Officer Oz Fudge in the national touring production of Come From Away. It's on stage at Walton Arts Center tonight and through the weekend. More information at waltonartcenter.org. I'm Scott Tong. Scientists now say they can pinpoint exactly when Vikings were first in North America by looking at trees. Stuff that happened very, very far away actually impacted the tree rings, and we can learn about history by looking at those rings. Data about a rare solar storm helped scientists figure out Vikings were in Newfoundland a thousand years ago. That's next time on Here and Now. Here and Now, this afternoon from 1 to 3 on KUAF, and you can also listen through the KUAF app.
Welcome to today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. Today we're going to visit with Jeremy Turley, who is the Northwest Arkansas market leader for Missouri-based TPC, the payroll company. TPC is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year and is one of the fastest growing companies in America with more than 70% revenue growth over the past three years. TPC works with many small and medium-sized businesses but they offer much more than payroll services. To underscore that point, its website address is actually morethanpayroll.com. They have a full suite of human resources-related services, things like taxes, benefits, time management, and employee engagement. How is TPC supporting companies during a pandemic? We'll get some insights into that from Jeremy Turley next on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. More at ArkansasStateChamber.com. Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield. For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC equal housing lender. TPC, the payroll company, started in Springfield, Missouri 20 years ago as a payroll services firm. It has grown in several ways over the past two decades and is now considered a human resources business. The firm has offices in Kansas City, Little Rock, and Bentonville. Jeremy Turley leads the Bentonville office. He's been with the company for 15 years, and we spoke recently about TPC's evolution, navigating the pandemic, and what brought him to Northwest Arkansas. When I started with the company 15 years ago, all we really helped companies with was payroll and time and labor management. Uh, But obviously, times have changed. People have needed more, and we've tried to evolve with our customers and their needs. And so now we are actually a human capital management company. So our name is TPC, but we do more than payroll. And so we can help business owners with all of their recruiting, their onboarding, their HR, their compliance. And then obviously where we started with payroll, time and attendance and benefits. So it's pretty much a full circle uh, opportunity where we can come in and really help uh, business owners be more successful with managing their back office. Yeah, much more like yeah, much more than a payroll company. That's and you laid it out pretty good. Everything from compliance to taxes to benefits. So, just how in, in that regard, how challenging have the past eighteen months been um, for you and the company and, and the work that you do? I mean, you you've got you deal with these things before, but now it's just the changing federal and state regs and uh, changing financial considerations, tax considerations, all of it. How have you managed the past eighteen months? Well, it's been like breathing out of a fire hose, so it's been been a lot for sure, just like every other business, you know, just managing, number one, with, you know, taking care of our employees first, right, so they can then take care of our clients. And so everything from having to work remote uh, to everything to managing the complexities of keeping up with EFMLA or getting the PPP loans and reporting out for our clients. Uh, So, I mean, there's definitely been more stress, more hours worked. Uh, to try and help everybody to be successful and be there and be available uh, for our clients, but also provide the structure and support that our employees have needed to get through the process as well. So uh, I kind of find it fascinating of all the things that you offer for business, the the human resources uh, piece um, is, is most interesting to me. Just how have you been supporting businesses the past year during, you know, we've, we've started, we went from the work from home and then, you know, now what it seems like to me, maybe a hybrid environment and now maybe we might even be coming out of that. But just what are the issues, what are the concerns that are at the 
top of the list from your clients in, in, as, in that specific area, the HR area? What kind of help do they need? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. It's a great question. I mean, there's we see it across the board, but I'd say the number one need right now is hiring, right? Everyone is hiring. Every single one of our clients is hiring. We're trying to hire. We have five open roles, I know, just for our own company. And so just making sure what processes do you have in place? Are they just saying a prayer and hoping for the best, or do they actually have strategy uh, behind it with what type of job is it, uh, what kind of screening are they doing, what kind of posting are they doing, how are they getting that information out there, um, and we can help them leverage it. So we have a we have a careers website that we can help build out for the client. We marry it into their own website, so it's their name, colors, logo, and we can tie it into over 5,000 different job boards. Because as you know, as people get laid off or they start searching, well, most of the time they're going to start searching on their phones. So they're going to start with who they know, so it's the word of mouth, and then typically they're going to start looking online. So if you're not out there, if you're not online, if you're not on multiple sites online, then you're really missing out. Uh, so that's one thing we've been able to help people be successful with is on the recruiting front. And then on an HR side is what does that job description look like? Well, we can make me tweak it to be more of a job advertisement. So it's more enticing for the employee to read when they're looking through all of those LinkedIn ads or Indeed, Indeed ads. They're like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, let's go check that out. So that's one, one area where we've yeah. been able to help. Right. What's a bit of uh, of your background? How, how did you get into this uh, this type of uh, of work? How long have you worked for TPC, and and what brought you to Northwest Arkansas? Have you been here since the the company opened the regional office here? Yeah, so that's a real, that's a that's a that could be a long story. So I'll try and shorten it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I grew up overseas in Kenya, East Africa, most of my life until I was eighteen, uh, and then. Recruiters from John Brown came over to my school in Africa, and it's one of the few schools I heard about. So that's how I ended up in Northwest Arkansas, Salem Springs. Got a full full ride from Bill Gates. We couldn't have gotten anywhere in the country, and somehow just stayed here at JBU. Uh, so I was fortunate to graduate debt free, and I jumped right into real estate. But I couldn't have timed it worse. I got into real estate in 06, 07, just as the market was crashing. And, you know, fundal, just did not try my hardest, but just could not make it. As a new agent, being a kid fresh out of college, people usually didn't want to trust me with their number one asset, which is their home. So I really struggled with that. Shortly after I found TPC, or they actually found me. I was interviewing at a bank at the time for a commercial loan officer position. And HR a professional at the time had already filled the role, but she liked me. She passed my resume on to the payroll company, and they were looking to open an office in the Fayetteville area. And they reached out to me, and I've been here ever since. So the last yeah. past 15 years, it's been an amazing ride. I think I was employee number five, and now we have over, over 50. So wow. it's been a really, really great ride. TPC was named to the prestigious Inc. 5000 list for the sixth consecutive year earlier this year. And in August, it acquired the payroll clients of CFO Network in Little Rock. So still growing in 2021 in its 20th anniversary year. And with a big client roster here in Northwest Arkansas. Okay, in other news this week, the new magazine issue is out, featuring a really good cover story from Jeff Della Rosa about Stacy Mason. She's a leadership consultant in Bentonville, retired Walmart, and now working with companies large and small, both here and throughout the country, through her business called the Improv Lab. It's non-traditional, it's unique, and it's the only business in Arkansas that does what she does. It's a neat story, and you can check it out now over at nwabusinessjournal.com. Also this week, Generations Bank has new leadership in Benton and Washington counties. Rick Moody, a longtime banker, is the bank's Fayetteville market president. Max Harrell, a commercial lender, has been promoted to market president in Rogers. For more headlines, visit nwabusinessjournal.com and our sister website, talkbusiness.net, where you can follow our regional and state reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening.
This is Ozarks at Large back from vacation is Timothy Dennis to help us map out our Halloween weekend and beyond for live music. Welcome back, Timothy. Let's start with tonight. Uh, JJ's Live in Fayetteville is going to have Jelly Roll on stage. If you don't know who that is, kind of Southern rock, dirty soul rap. I'm far away from better days, but memories keep bringing me back here. The past is my enemy. Take a look at what it did to me. Try my best to hold it in. Gone on that reposado. Sorrow is my only friend. Tickets for that show are $37.50. It gets underway at $7.30 tonight. Again, that's at JJ's Live in North Fayetteville. Okay. Down in Fort Smith, the Majestic is going to have Colby Cooper on stage. Tickets for that show are $20. That gets underway at 8.30 tonight. Again, that's at the Majestic in Fort Smith. Jumping ahead to tomorrow night, Friday night. George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville, their happy hour is going to be featuring Ultra Suede. Ah, we know Ultra Suede. Yeah, we know at least one person from KUAF is going to be there tomorrow night. Cover for that show is $8. The happy hour show gets underway at 6 o'clock. Again, that's at George's tomorrow night in Fayetteville. We should probably explain that Rhonda Dillard, our underwriting director, plays rhythm guitar. Exactly, and has for several, several years. Yes. The Late Show at George's tomorrow night is going to feature Ghastly, which is an Arizona-based EDM artist. Nobody's gonna love you like me. Tickets for that show are $30. That'll get underway at 9.30 tomorrow night. Again, that's at George's in Fayetteville. Still in Fayetteville Friday night, Prairie Street Live is going to have kind of an eclectic set on their stage featuring Bang, B-A-A-N-G, which is conscious local hip-hop, Bootleg Royale, which is kind of a high-energy garage rock band, and then Mildenhall, which is vibey indie rock. Say, I don't really like to be our last, she understand that And respect for her ain't optional cause she demand that Never basic paper chasing, she like what them bands at I ain't patient, I ain't waiting, I'm like where your man's at I'ma change up your location, put you where the sand at When I scoop you in that spaceship, she like how you land at I ain't never played a corner because it was jam-packed Remember police pulled up on us, then the spot got Tickets for that show are $10, that gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow night Again, that is at Prairie Street Live in Fayetteville 10 bucks, that's... Pretty inexpensive. Yeah, and show, right? quite a yeah. variety for that small of a ticket price. Yeah. Uh, moving up to Benton County, Fred's Hickory Inn in Bentonville is going to have One Penny Shy on stage. Great local folksy duo. What would I say if I could see you again? Everything's different and still the same. Holding to memory and holding to fear. Everything's different, but it's all still here. That gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at Fred's Hickory Inn in Bentonville. Then over in Rogers, Moonbrock is going to have Tater Mater and Squash on stage. I just, I think every time they're going to play, you're going to say that because you just like saying that name. I really love saying that name. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, they're a local string band. They haven't played out in a while, it seems, but they're back together tomorrow night. Again, that starts at 7 o'clock at Moonbrock in Rogers. Over in Eureka Springs Friday night, Chelsea's is going to have a band, kind of a collection of artists that is going by the name of Crazy Neighbor on stage. Features a lot of all-star musicians from Northwest Arkansas, including Isaiah Warford, Dave Gaswaldo, Adam Becker, Johnny Arandondo, Rochelle Bradshaw, Josh Richardson, and Chase Edwards. Oh my goodness. Big, big band. That show gets underway at 9 o'clock Friday evening. Again, that's at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. Got a whole brewing in Eureka Springs on Friday is going to have Wiley Bigger, W-Y-L-Y Bigger. Uh, he's a blues and rock and roll musician from the Memphis area. In the New York City, where the streets they shine so right. That set gets underway at 5 o'clock Friday. Again, that's at Gotta Hold Brewing in Eureka Springs. 
And then finally Friday night, the Majestic in Fort Smith is going to have the crumbs on stage for what they're calling the Rocky Horror Picking Show. <laughs> so I'll let nice. your I'll let your mind take you where that uh, show is probably going to be. Tickets for that show are five dollars. That'll get underway at seven o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at the Majestic in Fort Smith. Okay, moving up to Saturday, there are quite a few Halloween themed shows going. I'm only touch on a few. Uh, something we've actually talked about earlier this week uh, off air. Uh, Black Apple Crossing. They have a new tap room in Bentonville. You were telling me about this. I have not been there. I haven't been there either. It's at 310 South Main Street. Uh, And Saturday evening, they're going to have what they're calling Rum Wolf's Howling Part 1. It's a Halloween bash that's going to have seven bands. uh, Watutsi, Abby Howard, Icky Sazatino, The Ghoul Goes West, Trash Hog, Bad Candy, and DJ Ryan Story. Now I've been out walking happy in the rain with a bag of your sexy remains. Hollow this weather, the smiling mates call over your scattered face. Now some people think it's awful strange to love a corpse this way. Back, Nice. Some of those are very Halloween specific names. Exactly. And some of those I think are one off bands for this event. Um, but it should be a whole heck of a lot of fun. That will get underway at 7 o'clock, goes until late uh, at Treehouse, which is on Main Street in Bentonville. Also up in Bentonville Saturday, Bike Rack Brewing Company is going to have Will Gunselman performing. You hear it coming? It's rolling around the It's part of a big day of events that they have going on, uh, including the previously postponed Loggers and Lederhosen, and also their seventh anniversary bash. Hmm. It's hard to believe Bike Rack's been around for seven years now. Yeah, right. right. Uh, The music, uh, Will Gunselman, his set will get underway at 5 o'clock Saturday. Again, that's at Bike Rack in Bentonville. Over in Eureka Springs, the Gravel Bar is going to have Into the Gray on their stage. They're a Kansas City-based band with a flair for soul, rock, and rhythm and blues. That set gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday evening again. That's at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Down in Fort Smith, Temple Live is going to have an outlaw hip-hop rock and roll show featuring Tommy Vext and Struggle Jennings. Struggle is actually the grandson of the late great Waylon Jennings. Well, getting crazy, baby, chill. Don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, baby, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate, separate and segregate. Don't celebrate quite yet, the storm is coming. Cue for heaven's sake. Violence that they Tickets for that show are $27.50. That gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday. Again, that's Temple Live in Fort Smith. Okay, a few shows Sunday. Kingfish and Fayetteville is going to have their final show of the season. It's starting to get cold, you know, almost November. And for their final show, they're going to have the Lucas Parker Band featuring Jessica Page on their stage. The pressure builds and it's mounting in my chest. I give it up to you till I have nothing left. That set gets underway at five o'clock. Sunday Again, that's at Kingfish in Fayetteville. And then finally, Got a Whole Brewing in Eureka Springs Sunday afternoon is going to have Jessica Gray on their stage. She's a Kansas City-based singer-songwriter. That set gets underway at 3.30 Sunday afternoon. Again, that's at Got a Whole Brewing in Eureka Springs. And that'll take care of us through this very spooky weekend. <laughs> and the thing about having Halloween on Sunday is that there are some people, especially those who love the holiday, they're going to be celebrating Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Or even starting tonight, quite honestly. 
Well, yeah, of course. So a four <laughs> a four day Halloween weekend. I can think of worse things to do on a four day weekend. Sure. Sure. <laughs> All right. Timothy Dennis keeps us up to date with our live music weekends almost every Thursday on Ozarks Large. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Kyle. On the next Science Friday, what's old is new again, and that includes getting wound healing help from maggots. Tiny little baby, the cutest little baby maggots. They're a millimeter uh, or two long. Plus, searching for scientific explanations for Bigfoot and other cryptids. That's on Science Friday from WNYC Studios. Science Friday, tomorrow afternoon from 1 to 3 on KUAF 91.3. And you can also stream our signal for free at KUAF.com. Okay, if it's been a few hours since you last ate, apologies, we're going to make you hungry. Yesterday, we talked with Paul Austin, a member of the Arkansas Food Hall of Fame Committee. The deadline to make a nomination for the Arkansas Food Hall of Fame and associated annual awards is Sunday. More about the actual Hall of Fame categories in just a moment. First, Paul thinks about food often. For example. So here's what I did for breakfast this morning. I got up and I made the petty jean bacon and I had fried eggs from the uh, Ozark Natural Foods. These are these local eggs that the yolks are almost orange. They're so Right. Oh, they're beautiful. I had uh, had Mamaw Jaco biscuits. My wife is from Helena, and her grandmother from Helena made these wonderful biscuits that are now part of our family tradition. I used War Eagle flour, uh, <laughs> and then nothing better on a biscuit than uh, some uh, homemade jelly. I used my sister Sherry June's elderberry jelly that she makes over in Imboden, Arkansas, which is my hometown. And then as an aside, I had some sausage from Keeney's Grocery in, uh, in Malvern, which was also inducted, uh, I think, two years ago into the Hall of Fame. And Mr. Keeney has this neat little restaurant in the back of his grocery store. And I went in there once with my friend Rex Nelson on one of our eating adventures. And we started, we were visiting and talking and Mr. Keeney came out. And we spent an hour talking to him about the art of sausage making and what was... Uh, the reason I remember that is I was in literally in tears listening to him because my father was the meat cutter at McLeod's Grocery in Imboden, and he made his own sausage. And uh, it was beloved. Of course, uh, nor, my father nor McLeod's Grocery exist anymore. But I've never found homemade, locally made sausage that had tasted like my father's. Well, Mr. Kingy's did. And it was just almost more than I could stand. We talk an hour on the art of sausage making. Arkansans and food have a deep, sometimes deep-fried, relationship. The Arkansas Food Hall of Fame was established six years ago to recognize iconic restaurants, food festivals, and people closely associated with food in the natural state. So we asked Paul Austin about the different categories that we can use to make nominations from now through Sunday. Well, the first one, of course, is the uh, Arkansas Food Hall of Fame itself. And that recognizes um, restaurants that have an iconic stature in the state. They have to have been in business for at least 25 years. It has to be in Arkansas, Arkansas-owned, and it can't be a chain. Um, and we will uh, we'll pick three that are enshrined uh, each year. L- last year, in fact, uh, uh, Montanay, you know, the chicken place in uh, Rogers, uh, was uh, selected uh, along with um, Star of India, and uh, I think it was Cattleman's that won uh, that won last year. Um, so anyway, that's that's uh, that's the Food Hall of Fame. Um, then we also have um, Proprietor of the Year, and that uh, recognizes a, a chef or a cook or a restaurant owner that uh, has uh, had a real impact and is important. Their work is important uh, uh, in the industry in Arkansas. Another kind of fun one is the food themed event, and um, again, there I think it has to be at least five years of uninterrupted uh, occurrence, not counting the COVID year. But uh, there's some really uh, festivals and fairs and this sort of thing been around a long time. So um, we we did both the Hope Watermelon Festival and the Cave City Watermelon Festival. Those are both. I've been enshrined, and that avoided some sort of ugly civil war, thank goodness. Um, 
the Bradley County Pink Tomato Festival won last year. Uh, Gillette Coon Supper uh, received it. And one of the things that, that I would like to see happen, I guess I'm now the, one of the representatives from Northwest Arkansas, is the Tawny Town Grape Festival. Oh, I'm sure yeah. it'll be nominated, and, and I hope it'll, uh, hope, it'll be, uh, hope it'll be selected because, you know, it's been around for a long time. More than 100 Another years, right? More than 100 years. Another one that's connected uh, to that is the Our Lady of the Lake Spaghetti uh, Dinner at, um, at the Lake Village. And uh, there's the Italian connection with both of those places. Uh, so there's really neat ones that have been around a long time that, that we think will eventually uh, get, uh, get all of them. Um, and then Gone But Not Forgotten is one that's new. I, I think we've done it two years now. So those are those restaurants that, for whatever reason, no longer exist, but they were beloved. And uh, we did uh, Cottom's one at, uh, one at one year. Uh, and Fisher Steakhouse, which was a place in the North Little Rock, um, won it. So one of the things that, that we're seeing out there, and you may, you may have noticed this too, is that a lot of these small family-owned iconic restaurants uh, don't survive the retirement or the passing on of the matriarch or patriarch. It's, you know, it's a lot of hard work and not a lot of money, and the kids don't want to do it. So they, so we lose them, and that's happening. Uh, that's happening every year. And then the People's Choice Award goes to the the um, uh, restaurant uh, that received the most nominations. Paul Austin is a member of the Arkansas Food Hall of Fame committee. He now lives in Fayetteville. We're going to get lunch someday, Paul. You can make your nominations through Sunday at arcfoodhof.com. And there is also an Arkansas Food Hall of Fame app available for free through your app store. Our conversation took place yesterday. KUAF is giving away tickets to the 74th annual Eureka Springs Folk Festival, November 11th through the 14th. Performers include Gangsta Grass and The Creek Rocks, Todd Snyder, Arkansas, Sam Baker, and more. The winner will be announced Friday, November 5th, during the noon edition of Ozarks at Large. Registration and details available at KUAF.com. KUAF is supported by the Farmer's Table Cafe, where locals meet and eat. Located at 1079 South School Avenue in Fayetteville. Farmer's Table offers curbside takeout, heated outdoor dining, and limited indoor dining with air filtration. Open Tuesday through Sunday, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. TheFarmersTableCafe.com for menus and more. Tomorrow on Ozarks at Large, we'll have some help from some familiar friends. Michael Tilley with Talk Business and Politics will be with us to review some of the news of the week. And Becca Martin-Brown, the Features Editor for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, will be here as well. She'll be talking about what we can do on the final weekend of October. That and much more on a brand new Friday edition of Ozarks at Large, tomorrow at noon and 7 on KUAF. Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open our segment today with one of the most representative pieces of the so-called classical music tradition, Ludwig van Beethoven's Sonata Quasi Una Fantasia, number 14 in C-sharp minor, Opus 27, number 2, best known as the Moonlight Sonata. This piece was published in 1802. While the nickname Moonlight was given to it after Beethoven's death by a critic, the title Quasi Una Fantasia translates as evocative of a fantasy or in an improvisatory style. This piano piece became popular while Beethoven was still alive and has remained a favorite since.
That was the beginning of the Adagio Sostenuto, first movement of Ludwig van Beethoven's Sonata Quasi Una Fantasia, best known as the Moonlight Sonata, interpreted by Ukrainian pianist Valentina Lisitsa. French composer Claude Debussy published his Suite Bergamasque in 1905. This is one of his most famous pieces of music. The piece was titled after a stanza from Paul Verlaine's poem Claire de Lune, Moonlight. Your soul is like a landscape fantasy where masks and bergamasque in charming wise strum lutes and dance just a bit sad to be hidden beneath their fanciful disguise. And the third movement, the most known movement of this piece, many times performed as a stand-alone work, Claire de Lune, takes a title from the poem itself. Let me expand your musical boundaries today with a passage of a jazz version of this beautiful piece by Debussy, arranged and produced by American jazz saxophonist Kamasi Washington and published in 2015. We just listened to a version of Claude Debussy's Claire de Lune, Moonlight, by American jazz saxophonist Kamasi Washington. This beautiful and unusual take on Debussy's famous movement from Sweet Bergamasque is available on YouTube, and I invite you to look it up and soak up its magic. We close our Inspired by the Moon sound perimeter today with Astro Gilberto, Brazilian samba and bossa nova singer singing Fly Me to the Moon, a Bart Howard song written in 1954 and covered by many. This is a version from 1964. This is Lia Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with sound perimeter. Spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. 
This is Ozarks at Large. If you'd like to share something you've heard on today's show or a past edition of Ozarks at Large, just go to ozarksatlarge.com. We have links there that let you share through social media and email. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. Best Friends Animal Society works with Northwest Arkansas to save the lives of homeless dogs and cats and provide resources that help families keep pets in their homes. Together, every wagging tail and whiskered face can be saved. Bestfriends.org slash NWA for more. This is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Rogers, and Boonville. 91.3 KUAF, a listener-supported service of the University of Arkansas. Today's show produced by Timothy Dennis. Contributors today included Timothy Dennis and Paul Gatling with the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. That segment every Thursday produced by Stephanie Brock. Thanks so much for being with us. We will be back tomorrow at noon and 7 for another packed, brand-new edition of Ozarks at Large. You can find out more about us and listen to us at ozarksatlarge.com. From the Carver Center for Public Radio in downtown Fayetteville, I'm Kyle Kellums. Take care of yourself. Get rest. We'll talk again soon.